This episode of POMCAST is sponsored by Millamia. Millamia are known for their modern knitting patterns and contemporary Scandinavian design. With two fantastic, naturally soft merino wool yarns, the crisp Millamia colour palette entices any knitter. Tight twists makes this such rewarding wool to work with, resulting in excellent stitch definition. There are patterns for adults and children, and a superb range of accessories for instant gratification. Visit www.millamia.com to learn more. Welcome to POMCAST, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Magazine. There's a lot of poms in the beginning of that. I'm Sophie Scott, and you're joined by Lydia Gluck. Hey! Hi, Sophie. How are you? I'm good. What have you been up to? <laughs> um, well, I, I've done some cultural activities recently. You might be surprised to learn. I'm never surprised to know your cultural <laughs> meanings. Um, I went to the ballet for the very, first very time. Very cultural. Yes. First time ever at the ballet. Um, I went at the Royal Opera House, no less. This is getting fancier by the minute. Um, I saw a ballet called Raven Girl. That sounds cool. And it was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. And then afterwards, I bumped into... It's like all the cool knitting people go to the ballet. I don't know if you know yet, Sophie. <laughs> I'm not a cool knitting person. No, sorry. well, exactly. <laughs> so you wouldn't know. But um, afterwards, I bumped into Rachel Atkinson, Pom Pom Quarterly's tech mm-hmm. editor. And she's a wonderful designer, of course, as well. Uh, and Susan Cropper. Owner of Loop, this is London. The, obviously, the cool people go to the ballet then, so... Yeah. Listen out. Yep. How about you? What have you been doing? I had a birthday. That was fun. It's not as cool as the ballet. Yeah. I mean, I'm now older and wiser. So you're catching up to me Catching in up, yeah. It's okay, though. I'm going to be one step ahead. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> so, what did you do anything uh, particularly exciting? I went to Kew Gardens, which I've never been nice. to before. And it was a beautiful autumn day. It was your classic... Clear sky, but that like low winter sun. Mm. Everything was beautiful, and the trees were like putting on an excellent show of uh, foliage mm. and colours. Foliage, foliage, indeed, mm. for my birthdayage. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy, and I highly recommend it for anyone. Cool. All right, so I guess uh, we can move on to our top tip. Top tip. You've got the top tip. This tip week. top. We're going to start off with after a bit of waffle. There was some... into the knitting vibes, guys. Yeah. So. Advice for you knitters is... So uh, I'm going to go with a new little phrase that I've just coined, which is tip top top tip, which is really easy to say. <laughs> I like it. So, uh... That's what I like in a podcast, things that are easy to say. <laughs> easy things to say, exactly. Um, so my top tip is to... So I've taken to winding all my balls of yarn by hand. This isn't the tip, by the way. This is the preamble. I'm not forcing you to all wind all your yarn by hand. I like to do it because I feel like it's the sort of beginning of the project. You get to know the yarn a little bit. Uh, but I have started to wind them as centre pulls, oh, which you can do by hand. Explain. Well, I'm going to try and explain it over this <laughs> medium, this non-visual medium. So we'll see how it goes. But basically what I normally do is... So you know when you start winding a ball of yarn, I don't know how you... Do you wind it around your fingers first to create uh, a sort yeah, of mini... Yeah, I have two fingers, wind sort it around. Of base. Yes, indeed. So when I do that, I just leave a tail, like the beginning, just just leave the tail in Hang, the middle. Just hanging down your wrist, just, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, exactly. And then so you just go, go ahead and wind it around your fingers as you normally would, just you don't trap the tail bit. And then you just carry on winding the whole ball as, as you normally would, but you just leave the bit where the tail's hanging out, you know, the top of the... I don't know, whatever. You just don't don't trap it in it's sort of easier than it sounds and then and then at the end you have a center pull a hand wound center pull ball and for those of you who aren't sure 
what we're talking about in terms of a centre pull. So you're pulling the yarn rather than pulling it from the outside. You're pulling it from the inside, which means that the ball doesn't roll around. I was going to say, what are the advantages of having a centre pull? Doesn't roll around. This is good. Yeah. And if you're, especially I think if you're doing like colour work and you're knitting from two different, or stripes or mm-hmm. anything that involves two, or even if you're holding two yarns double actually. Oh, right. Having it pulled from the middle means they get tangled much less because they just sort of sit still. They just oh, I sit guess so. yeah, they're not like... still on the floor and they don't kind of roll away from you as much and that sort of thing. Hey, that is a tip-top... That is a tip-top, top tip for you guys. I'm so glad you came up with that phrase. That's <laughs> great to say. Now we get to do, like, fun... What are they called? Tongue twisters. Mm-hmm. Knitting tongue twisters. Right, well, here's another alliteration. It's tell and tell, where we tell you guys and each other what we've been knitting. What have you been knitting? What haven't I been knitting? No, I... <laughs> I made a pianissimo scarf from Pom Pom uh, issue 14 which was the scarf that was originally done in the lovely uh, Baramu um, Dovestone DK, which is gorgeous. But I, when we went to Yarndale, uh, which was now sort of three weeks ago, yeah. um, I picked up some, some of the very last of the Blacker Cornish tin, which we reviewed last <gasps> time. <gasps> Precious skeins. Exactly. So I got three skeins of that, and I started the scarf actually while I was in Yorkshire, and I finished it. And I love it. That's pretty much that whole story. It's very exciting. And I realised while I was knitting it. It's a very exciting story. Yeah, I'm yeah. full of them. Um, started a scarf. Finished a scarf. Hooray! Um, turns out that I don't make that many scarves. And it's been quite novel having a scarf rather than a shawl. Would you say within the knitting community, there's a bias towards shawls? I would say so. Why is this? I think because when you first start knitting, you make a scarf. And then you sort of go off them because they seem like not a thing to make if you're more advanced, maybe? Yeah, I guess so. I suppose, I feel like shawls sometimes have more of a blank canvas for you to experiment within the stitches. Yeah. And then if things are oblongs, then maybe that gets lost. Possibly. This is true. But I've seen a lot of people on the pom-pom forums, they've been knitting scarves and they're just, one of the things they keep referring to is saying like how satisfyingly simple it is. And I mm. think it's sometimes... Nice to try things that are complicated or newer. Mm. But uh, yeah, to have a satisfying piece of knitting that you enjoy. Yeah. That's all I want with life. <laughs> it's true. And and the scarf, it was perfect because, you know, it's quite a long train ride back from Yorkshire and then done a, another few journeys recently. And it's kind of one of those lovely things to knit while you're with people and you're chatting. Mm. Kind of keeps you interested. Have we got six row repeat? A strong contender for a travel knitting project. Oh, Would you yeah. recommend that? Oh, oh boy. yeah. It's perfect. And the nice thing about scarves is you can kind of adjust the length and things oh, like indeed. that. I mean, how long is this piece of string? It's as long as the scarf is that you've just made. <laughs> scarf is just a long piece of fabric, really. Twice as long as half its length. That's how long a piece of string is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been knitting a Caruselin. The pony hat. Magical pony hat. Hooray! From the latest winter issue. And I love that. Though I realised that, although I love Fair Isle, I don't know how you feel, how you, how do you feel about Fair Isle? I feel good, but I feel like my technique could could be improved. Right, okay. So I think sometimes, maybe this is the case with other people, I don't know, yourself, I feel like I've done a lot of knitting and I feel like I know the theory of a lot of things and I think when I go do something that I haven't done a lot of, like Fair Isle, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm quite good at this because I've done so many other knitting things. Mm. And then when I started it, I was like, whoa, this tension's a bit hodgy-podgy. Mm. And so I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity to do more fair alley stuff yeah. maybe I'll just have some like lumpy horses for a while <laughs> like stocky lumpy horses but 
something that can be saved by blocking, I really hope. I also have been making, uh, I don't know if this was ever on the podcast, I think it might have been right at the beginning, but I was making my brother a fort, it's a, a Jared Flood, Brooklyn Tweed pattern called mm. Fort. It's kind of got a kind of checkerboard, textured stitch, quite a plain jumper mm-hmm. for my brother Sam, who is a very nice brother and deserves a jumper, but he's now been waiting for the jumper for... It could be almost two years. I was going to say, I think I definitely remember early podcasts you were talking about. Yeah, this. it's been a long time. So finally, I in fact, I was looking for, um, I was just sort of looking through my yarn thinking I wanted to, you know, like, oh, what have I got in stash and came across this half finished jumper. Like the whole body was finished. And then I just sort of stopped. You came some across reason. a discarded body. Ah! Oh, better, better see. There's the a song. body in my cupboard. <laughs> misleading uh, thing to shout I suppose but <laughs> so then I just thought come on Lydia pull it's, your socks up it's Halloween soon so I mean it's Halloween soon <laughs> and that's my brother's birthday oh really and I therefore yeah. That. yeah awesome <laughs> and so I thought um, it was time to finish the jumper get it off my conscience mm-hmm. get the body out of the cupboard the skeleton the skeleton Clear of out. Yes. <laughs> jumper out exactly. of the cupboard so I've now finished one of the sleeves so hey, one good. one of two completed. Just need to do two of two, and then you know all that other it's stuff. Actually done. I mean, it takes and then all ages, stuff, like but... the neckline and the seaming. But I also remember that I used to have a sort of. What, I guess I haven't knitted that many um, garments in pieces for a while until yeah. this jumper is knit in pieces. And I forgot that what I used to do is knit a sleeve first, then knit the body, then knit another sleeve, so you don't get the boring two sleeves knitting one okay. sleeve after another. I'd probably knit two sleeves at a time. That's what I usually do. Mm. Which take, in theory takes longer, but it feels quicker. Mm. Interesting. Those are just some possibilities for you guys out there. Just a few little suggestions. Um, anything else on the needles, Sophie Scott? Well, I finished uh, the Kay's cardigan. We talked about that in the podcast last. Yeah. And I've seen it, warm. and it's very nice. Oh, okay. It's beautiful. So I needed, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I needed a big project to get my teeth into. Yes. Like big, like undertaking like a garment size thing yeah so after seeing your version of garland in the shibui silk cloud mm-hmm. i went and got myself some shibui and another garland well imitation is the best form <laughs> of flattery so most sincerest form. whatever <laughs> i just sort of paraphrased <laughs> you're sincerely the best form of flatterer <laughs> uh yeah and i've gone for a color called ash which is like a very pale silvery gray because like the quite the the jumper's quite uh, diaphanous. Is that the word I want? I've never heard that word before. We'll check that and then go back to dictionary corner <laughs> for the podcast and we'll uh, check that. But I yeah, like it. so I felt like I want to look like Galadriel or like some sort of amazing like elf yes. wearing a big floaty cloud of mohair. So hopefully that'll be my aim. I haven't so really exciting. worked with mohair, so that's a bit. It's a bit kind of fluffy. Did you know that with mohair? Yeah, I hear it's quite fluffy. Yeah, uh, slippery. It's slippery. Like I was saying to you earlier. When I was knitting mine, because I had my metal needles, my chagus, I did at some points kind of think it would have been slightly easier to knit with something a bit less slippy. Mm, I'm just doing a little bit of a tension square now, so uh, watch this square. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, having told and told, we can move on to news and reviews. And the big news is, of course, that the newest issue of Pom Pom Quarterly is pretty much out now. Woohoo! Woohoo! It's always so sad when we go woohoo because it's just two people in a room going yay! I know, we need like a sort of sound effect button that we can press. Okay, let's try this. That's better. I I think that conveys the uh, winter issue a bit better. Exactly, yeah. And so um, you must, uh, hopefully you guys will have seen already some previews online. 
Um, and as we kind of hinted at last time, we've gone for um, a very kind of glamorous and luxurious sort of look this issue, I would Bieber say. Bieber inspired, but exactly. not as someone said to me, you mean Justin Bieber? Well, of course, Justin <laughs> Bieber. I mean, we're working our way through the Canadian pop stars. We're having a Celine Dion inspired one next time. And after that, who knows? Anything could happen. I was waiting to name more Canadian pop Leonard stars. Leonard Cohen, he's not really a pop star, is he? I thought Brian Adams was Canadian, but I don't know if he is. Anyway. <laughs> you missed my, my utter is... bewilderment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bieber, as in the 60s and 70s British-based fashion label started by Barbara Hulanicki, who has possibly the best surname ever. Love that. That was a good pronunciation as well. Hulanicki. And uh, actually, Rachel Coopy designed a pair of socks for the issue. Uh, which we named after Barbara Hulanicki. Awesome. And who else did a design? Many people, very cool people. But there's also a certain design by a certain Sophie Scott. Hey! Hey! That was a couple of podcasts ago. I was like, I've been eating something. Uh, I can't talk about it. And then that was a really lame end to a tell and tell. But now, <laughs> hey, I can talk about the cow. You can. It's designed for this issue with a beaver inspired geometric chevrons. Also, the nature of the yarn with uh, Julie Asselin's uh, double missing a little bit of silk in there. Mm. It sort of evokes the curves of a Art Deco vibe. It's gorgeous. And Art Nouveau vibes. Oh, God. Oops, oh, oops. Get my arts mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, no, have a, have a look. Of course, it'll all be all over our blog and Instagram and so on. Um, all right, top picks. Um, I'm going to choose my own design. Fair enough. You've already made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a big pause there you're like mm, okay <laughs> disclaimer that I did have to submit like everyone there's no nepotism here <laughs> I had to submit why they should work with me and I was like oh jeez why are these guys friends with me again <laughs> so I go with uh, Turnberry uh, by Courtney Spainhauer which is amazing like ribbed yoke mm-hmm. and then a most like beautiful lace detail down the main body yeah it's done in like a very classic grey it's yoth yoth oh yoth? yeah 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 <laughs> Also, there's a gorgeous um, beaded jumper by Joanna Bicknell, uh, which is called Sicily, and it has this gorgeous little uh, triangle detail around the neck and with beads. Yeah. I think it's a classic uh, wintry Christmas jumper. It certainly is. You need that woolly warmth with a little bit of sparkle? You've got it, my friend. <laughs> and I, of course, would like to make all the things. <laughs> but um, I'm going to... Well, I love the um, kind of cloche-style hat that Olga... Mariah Kafilian did. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that net wasn't too terrible a pronunciation. Uh, which uh, was called Suffragette, uh, which we named actually after not just Suffragettes, <laughs> but the colour of the yarn, the Jill Draper yarn, was called Suffragette as well. Oh. Many layers. Good fact. And it's good fact. It's got cool kind of welts, and I, not normally a person who would consider a cloche hat, mm. but this one is extra great. And <laughs> so happens that I have a kind of. The right kind of hairstyle for it. I thought you were going to say I have a pea head. Cause that's what I also say. have a pea head. <laughs> don't bring that up, Sophie. I don't want the listeners to know how freakishly small my head is. Um, also, Callus by Bristol Ivy, which is a lovely kind of shrug with a really unusual construction um, that's kind of pieced together and has kind of, it's like lovely and drapey. Good kind of evening cover up. Well, it's what I'd expect from a winter issue. You know? yeah, exactly. In fact, oh, I just like all the things. I'm going to also, like, oh, I'm gonna also <laughs> choose um, Avalon Ballroom, which is by Claire Lakewood, which is knit in uh, Zilana, a uh, really kind of luxurious yarn. And it's got this beautiful kind of almost peacock feather reversible I think that's a nice way of putting it. lace yeah. um, design. And 
Um, again, a scarf. So we're having like a scarf renaissance, everyone. <laughs> just so you know, just in case you're behind the times. So that's uh, that's those pics. But of course, there are so many lovely things in here. And we've also got designed by Cerulea Rose, Rachel Coopy, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. with Hula Nikki, uh, Kiyomi Bergen, whose gorgeous design is on the cover with the um, kind of golden colour work. And Amy Vandelaar with a lovely shawl. And I think that's all the people been mentioned. That's good that we, you know, I don't like anyone being left out. No one's being left out. We've got lovely articles by Anne Waltz. And also... And we've got an amazing, a beautiful comic by lovely Katie Green, who's done comics for us before. And Francesca um, Baldry. Doing a little article as well. We don't want to spoil too much of it, but... I know we're being biased, but we think it's an amazing issue that you should definitely check out. We do. So, of course, head over to uh, pompomag.com or just all the places where we are in the social media world, you will find these things. Shoot an arrow into the internet with the words pompom on it. We'll scroll. <laughs> and a, pi- a carrier pigeon will deliver your... Exactly. Sophie knows the score. Your issue. <laughs> and in other news, um, there are two different events that happened so recently. there was Yarndale. You were representing Pom Pom at Yarndale. Certainly was. And it's a lovely... It was our first time there. It's a lovely, lovely festival in um, a cattle market, which is exciting. It was Ooh. very, very farmy. Very farmy. There Extra was no, farmy. No cattle? You, you didn't have to... No, we didn't have to share. I sort of, you know, I felt their absence. <laughs> felt missed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, sta- um, we had a lovely time in Yorkshire. The weather was really glorious all weekend. It was very kind of clear very bright, um, kind of sunny, not massively warm, of course, but it was yeah. just very lovely and kind of fresh. You don't want it too warm Beautiful countryside. Festival, no, exactly. You want to show off your nets. And I mean, there were all the lovely people there. Uh, Rachel Coopy again, <laughs> getting an extra special mention and um, Eden Cottage and just uh, Blacker were there. All the greats. All the greats, but especially there was um, Navia were there um, with the lovely Anna Maltz, who of course writes for us and is one of our favourite knitting peoples, and she had the samples for her um, Penguin book, yes. which is coming out soon. She's been Instagramming a little bit about that as well. She certainly has. So she's done a, a book of patterns, 11 patterns, inspired by penguins. Yeah, I think we'll have a little bit more about that on a podcast soon. So exactly. So yes. watch that space. <laughs> Listen and watch the space. The other big event, of course, has been Rhinebeck. Yep. Um... We'll have a little bit more about that from uh, Julie, our special Pomcast correspondent. Exactly, we've outsourced our interviewing yeah. for this uh, for this episode. So Julie uh, was in at Rhinebeck with Megan, of course, mm-hmm. and with many of the other designers from this issue, uh, where we did a kind of special pre-release of this newest issue, especially at Rhinebeck. Um, so if any of you listening got a copy there, that's all very exciting, and Thank we hope you. you had a lovely time there. Um, but yeah, so Julie has uh, very kindly um, been asking questions for us of all the lovely people who were gathered in Rhinebeck. You know, kind of who's who of the knitting world in many ways. Of course, with the giant absence of me and Sophie. (laughs) But we thought if we were there as well, it would be too perfect. (laughs) And uh, like the rug makers of old, we like to leave a little imperfection. We prefer to look at stuff on Instagram. That's much more satisfying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, of course, thank you to Julie. And we'll keep, we won't say too much about it now. We'll save it for her words later. Her words later, yeah, exactly.
reviews. Uh, today we're reviewing Toasty, part two. Is it part two or just two? Toasty two. Toasty two. Too toasty. It's a lot of teas in this podcast. I know. Tip top top tip. Toasty two. This podcast is brought to you by the letter T. <laughs> so Rachel Coopy has uh, written a new book, uh, part two of her Toasty series, which is a selection of accessories. Now Rachel's usually known for her socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which fair enough. That's what I know her for. But Toasty is uh, the other end of the body. <laughs> it's mainly uh, hats and <laughs> the other end of the body. It's true. She's no, just, no. I'm designing for the other end of the body. She's got hats and some cows and, you know. She's mitts. got a pair of mittens, yeah. She's got a pair of mitts. So one of the things that I love about this book is the fantastic fair isle that's involved. There is a lot of fair isle. Um, so you get an idea of uh, Rachel's love of... Uh, colour work and good cables in there as well. Yeah. As the title would suggest, you've got those uh, things that are going to keep you, shall we say, toasty. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that seems like an appropriate adjective. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Rachel's using uh, her love of hats and the what she calls the essence, the magic of hats. Because, uh, I mean, have you ever experienced a day where your hair isn't going quite right? All the time. Well, you need a hat, my friend. Oh, a sort of covering for yeah, my hair. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Uh, also, they're quick to knit. That's so. true. And you only have to knit one of them. Well, and, well when you see this book... You'll, you'll knit all you'll, of them. You'll knit all but of I them. mean, you don't have two heads. So you don't need to... Like, with with socks and gloves and things, you have to knit two. <laughs> I was like, when... I thought you were going to example when you had two heads. Like, when <laughs> like when you had this. Like, two when heads. you used to have two heads, it was really annoying. You should make two hats all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I grew up and then my infant head fell off. What? No! <laughs> So the shining star is uh, in this book is the yarn that's used, which is Baram U Titus yarn. Mm-hmm. So it's spun in Yorkshire. Another shout out to Yorkshire in this podcast. Yeah. Um, 50% Wensleydale, 20% BFL, and 30% British alpaca. Uh, knits is a heavy four-ply. That's my factoid I've got for you there. There we with go. That. Gorgeous. But of course, Rachel Coopy was previewing uh, her new yarn at Yarndale, and it is now available in the world. And in fact, the... Um, Sock pattern, hula nicky. I'm just going to hey. say it again. Hula nicky. Hula nicky. Uh, which is in the latest issue of Pom Pom, uh, is designed in that beautiful yarn. Um, and it's called, what is it called, Sophie? Socks, yeah. Socks, yeah. But the thing is, I'm thinking about how that could be pronounced. It's, it's like, socks, yeah. Like, socks question mark. I mean, there isn't a question mark, but I want to like put all this punctuation in so I can come up with yeah. these different versions of it. Like, <laughs> socks, yeah. Or you could do the sort of question mark second exclamation yeah. mark first so socks yeah <laughs> that's a bit weird I'll like go that. with your way better <laughs> um yeah I mean this yarn isn't used in the book but we just want to have a shout out for this new exciting yarn because yeah. woo yeah Rachel's got a lot of stuff on at the moment she certainly fun. has and it comes in beautiful colours so we'll like link to that on yeah, the on my blog post yeah mild kind of mm, mm, very Rachel-y nice, colours very Rachel-y colours yes but this book Toasty 2 mm-hmm. segue there uh, uses the Barham Titus. um yeah. I liked also the fact that there's the important question of pom-poms on a hat that Rachel talks about. Yeah. Which is, what colour and how big? <laughs> well, yeah, because I like to have contrast pom-poms. I don't know about you. Yeah, I can rock that, yeah. I can rock a contrast pom-pom. I don't judge, Matt. All pom-poms can be the same colour in my eyes. Um, so what are you? What are your picks from well, Toasty 2 so far? I've chosen the ones that I'm not sure how to pronounce, of course. Uh, I like good. Binso. Binso. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like a very geometric colour work style. I mean, ge- colour work's kind of geometric. Is this a cowl? Anyway. Is it a hat? Oh, no, it's a hat. It's, oh, a, hat. it's a hat. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, of course, would have mine with a pom-pom. Good. And a big one. 
good. Um, and also like the Burstwitz hat, nice. which is a lovely kind of copper and blue that's using the Parkin and the E-cup that's colours. That's a good combo. Strong combo. Do you know about Parkin? Do I know about it? Yeah, it's a I traditional do. gingerbread cake. Yes, it's delicious. <laughs> I like ginger. I like any sort of ginger sweeties, including Parkin. Well, you'll happens. love the taste and look of this yarn. I do. Um, so I like also one of the hats, as it happens, called Kettle Sing, which has lovely cables, kind of quite simple cables, uh, almost like ribbed. Sort of looks a bit like ribbing, but there's a little bit of cabling mm, happen- yeah. happening. Most of the way up and then as you near the crown... It's very lovely, kind of intricate uh, cables. And I like that because I think it's unusual. Like, normally, I don't know. I feel like most frequently the main design of a hat is on the lower portion of it. Yes. And then at the top, when you're getting decreases and things. Mm. You kind of lose the, uh, yeah. the fun part. I feel like it's really unusual that she's put the kind of detail nearer the top. Top. Party at the back. Party at the back, exactly. Um, and I love that I will be making it. I've already picked out some yarn. Oh, really? What are you going to use? I've got a skein of Skein Queen hey. yarn. I think it's I think it's the base is blush. Oh no, wait, no, no, that's the colour. Anyway, more on that next next episode. Um, I also like the um, pad side mittens, which are very simple. I like that kettle thing and pad side kind of sound like descriptions of noises that you hear. <laughs> <laughs> are they places? They must be places. Yeah, but you've gone for very finet. You know, what's the word I want? Onomatopoeia. Uh huh. Yeah. You, yeah kind of kettle sing I'm like oh I'm sorry I've got to go kettle sing. yeah I hope the kettle sing didn't dis- disturb you while you were trying to record that podcast <laughs> for example something Eli might say yeah if he was feeling generous um so check it out guys because it's a beautiful book if you want to be toasty as well you should check out toasty too Sophie and I couldn't make it to Rhinebeck Sheep and Wool Festival, which, in case you don't know, is a brilliant festival in upstate New York. Um, so we asked awesome dyer and all-round friendly lady, Julie Asseline, to be our special correspondent. And in fact, Julie's yarn is featured in the current issue. So let's hear who she found to chat to whilst wandering around the show. Parks and I'm from Blue Hill, Maine. Perfect. Nice to meet you, Clara. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, all right. So the question that I wanted to ask you guys is, what yarn would Clara be? I would be a bulky four-ply cormo. Natural colored. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Touch of dark fleece or gray or. Um, I don't know. That's a difficult one. I'm sorry. Sure, yeah. No. <laughs> Natural. Or Concord grape. Really, really rich. Concord grape. Yeah, like Beautiful. grape jelly. That sort of just like undulates. And why do you feel this represents you? Well, I don't know if it represents me. It's more like what I would like to be. be. Yeah, uh-oh. That's Is good. that terrible? Ooh. No, that's good. Sorry, someone's handing me something. if I'm asking you, what, how do you see Clara if you portrait her and... I can see the Concord grape. Oh. And would you see the bulky four ply? 
I was a little taken back on that one. Worsted weight? Yeah. Is this body image? Is that what we're talking about? No. <laughs> I'm realizing, oh my God, this is very revelatory. Thank you for but this. But it's not. I mean, it doesn't have to be about body image. Or heavy fingering weight. I would have gone that way. Ah. I would have gone like a sport weight. This has been very therapeutic Something with a nice two-ply. Oh. Mm. I love that question. Do you think yeah. it's... I was like... Complicated fun. question. That is. I need to go sit somewhere for a minute. And just really nice. Think about think what about night with me. <laughs> How many times have you been to Rhinebeck? Oh, God. Uh, the first time I came was in 2002, I think. Oh, okay. So, not forever, but... I just thought, I don't know, for some reason, I thought that you would have been here forever. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And um, what would you, like, what would be your one tip or the one thing that you would want to tell somebody that's never been here and it's their first time? I would say come for both days, pace yourself, mm -hmm. wear comfortable shoes, and by all means go into the food barn and try the cheese, try the wines, and the maple cotton candy. That's a very clear part recommendation. I can totally <laughs> see that. I love that. And what would be yours? What would you say to somebody that's, that comes here for the first time? I would say you need to have the hot cider. And then what kind of yarn would you be? I would be a two-ply Shetland from a small farm. Oh, I see that. Would it be any color? It would be a natural caramel color. I can see that. That's totally you. I agree with that. Yeah. I would not, I'm an undyed Shetland wool. Perfect. I love that. Thank you so much. Do you want to state your name and where you are from so we can put it in? My name is Amy Christophers and I am from Vermont. My name is Margaret Hubert and I'm from Pauling, New York. How many years have you been knitting and crocheting, Margaret? I've been crocheting since I was 19. Knitting, I don't even remember learning. I probably was around four or five when I started knitting. I am 80, so you do the math. Wow, that's good. I, uh, I started too, around four, so when I'll be, when I'll be your age, it's gonna be the same. The, um, what, so how many times have you been to Rhinebeck? Oh, Lord. Uh, exhibiting and teaching, this is my fifth. Okay. But I've been coming to Rhinebeck for many moons. All right. I don't even remember how many. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be your, like, the, the one thing not to be missed or to do here for people who've never been? If you've never taken a workshop here with one of the teachers, I think that's a really special thing. And, of course, the vendor booths to visit... Um, I like seeing everything. I just love walking around. Uh, the food, if there weren't such big lines, some of the food things are really interesting. I hear you. So how many times have you been to Rhinebeck? This is my maiden voyage. It's my first time. Yes. Good. And as a person that's been here for the first time, what are you the most excited about? Everything. Everything. Everything and the fall colors. We don't have a lot of fall colors in Texas, so being in the crunchy leaves and feeling the cool air is a really fun experience. Perfect. I'm going to ask you, um, what is your as? what would be the next thing that you would want to try as in 
just as a fiber lover. Is there anything that you haven't done that you would like to try? I would like to try Squam. Um, going over there? Yeah, the, re the retreat. Yes. And are you talking more like, more like yarn? A, more or like a, a skill. A yeah. skill. Well, let's see. I've been knitting for 35 years. I would probably like to try weaving. I've got a lot of stash, and I love the way that the colors play when they are woven together. So that might be something I want to try. Perfect. Your dessert island yarn would be? Um, dyed Cormo. Probably fingering weight. And if you were a yarn, what would you be? I would probably be more of a workhorse yarn, frankly. More of a cascade superwash but in one of the vibrant colors because I'm I like to think of myself as vibrant I love that I love that and awesome. then are you thinking workhorse in the terms of resilient or more yes like, yeah. in, in the terms of resilience yeah all right yeah. good and if I all right so then I'm gonna give you which letter were we at now you were at you V Rhinebeck virgin <laughs> can virgin. I say that um, I think so. Then you okay. know, virgin would be virgin, virgin wool. wool virgin, yes, virgin. Absolutely. absolutely. I love that. All right, thank you so thank much. Thank you. That was awesome. And we're up to V, so now W, X, Y, Z. We're missing four letters. Nice to meet you, Susan. Good to um, meet you. How many times have you been to Rhinebeck? I was thinking about that when you were talking to the other woman. I think probably 20 times I've been to this festival. Wow. Okay, so I have to say that for all the people that I asked, you're the one that's been here the longest, well, the most time. And what would be the one thing that you would tell somebody, like to entice them to come or not to miss? Or I would encourage them to come meet the authors and designers at the Merritt Bookstore booth because they're extraordinary people and they're leaders in the fiber field uh, from dyers to spinners to sheep growers and knitters of all levels. Um, so if I'm asking you what, so if Susan was to be a yarn, what kind of <laughs> yarn would Susan be? Not know. the yarn that you like, the yarn that you would be if you were a yarn. I would love to be a yarn in the hands of one of our authors because <laughs> they have just the most beautiful designs mm. and um, it's been such an extraordinary pleasure to represent them and their books. Perfect. We, I love that. I, I was going to ask you, is, when I was looking at the sheep, I just thought that myself and I, even though I had seen many of them before, I was like... Maybe I could get some of those. There's some beautiful <laughs> ones, really, yeah. And it, it's terrific to learn about all their different qualities and the different ways that each one thrives. Exactly. And, the, and, and even, of course, the fleece is a whole nother extraordinary And just, thing. I feel like a lot of knitters don't necessarily have access to that. No, And then no. coming here and seeing, like, the greasy fleece and stuff like that, I think it's just amazing. Like, even though we deal with that on a regular basis, I, for people to see that, I think it, yeah. Well, and I think if you really want to become an expert knitter, you have to understand that, because all those things affect the quality of your work for in sure. different ways. For and, sure. Um, How long have you been knitting? How many years? I'm a self-taught knitter from when I was maybe 12. 
Um, I wish I was expert like our authors. Ah, thank you so much. have you been to Rhinebeck so far? I have lost count. I have been probably seven or eight years now. Um, what's your dream, like what's your desert island yarn? Like the only, oh. not, yet, not, a, like, not a brand, more like a type. Yeah, oh, right. definitely wool. Like wool wool. Like um, like not super wash wool, but just a nice regular like what linen fingering DK, what Oh worsted weight. Worsted weight wool. Yeah. Like work Yeah, that's probably what I knit with the most and probably the most in my stash. For cables. For cables, yeah. <laughs> Gotta be able to do the cables. And yeah. if you were to be a yarn, what kind of yarn would you be? Oh. Oh, if I were to be a yarn. Um, maybe I would be maybe a wool, a wool alpaca maybe blend, just a little bit of two different directions because I try to be very versatile as a person and a little bit diplomatic and I feel like wool alpaca blend is like... It's a little bit soft, but it's a little bit sturdy, it's, too. A wool alpaca blend is a diplomatic... Yeah, it's a diplomatic choice. It's good for a lot of different, a lot of different projects. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm going to give you a letter. Okay. And um, think about Rhinebeck, and then you give me the first word that comes to your mind. Okay, for Rhinebeck. Home. Feels like home. <laughs> Katie Sullivan, Williston, Vermont. Perfect, Katie. <laughs> how many how many times have you been to Rhinebeck? This is my first time. Your first time? Yep. Cool. And now I have to ask. Yep. Why? <laughs> um, uh, corporate espionage. Um, so I raise sheep, and I want to find more connections to sheep breeders who raise sheep like mine. Um, it is hard to find them because a lot of folks are not using the internet. Even though the internet has been with us for a while now, and we should be used to it, but a lot of sheep, um, sheep folks just don't go online. Um, so I've just been trying to find other people to connect with. Perfect. Um, and do you? How many? How long have you been knitting or interested in? Um, I've been knitting since I was 12, so 20 years. If you were to to have only one yarn for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like what weight? Oh, what? Um, I like kind of a, like a, a workhorse kind of Aaron um, or worsted, um, just something to keep on making hats and mittens and scarves, which are mainly what I make. Perfect. So this and is, then this is my own. Wow. That's oh, from my good. own sheep. Where do you get it spin? Um, Hampton Spinnery in Richmond, Vermont. Love it. It, yep. I love it. It's really so I have nat uh, natural gray as well. This is half Cormo, half etc. So Perfect. you get kind of some durability from the etc. and the softness from the Cormo. I'm going to ask you. Um, yeah. All right. So if I say Rhinebeck and then I give you a letter, you yeah. have to give me the first things that the first thing that comes to your mind. And okay. The letter that I'm going to give you is F. Far-reaching. 
far-reaching? This, I, what I've seen is that this is attracting um, vendors and visitors from across the country. Um, I've been to the Vermont Sheep and Wool Festival, and that attracts vendors and visitors from Vermont. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of get to see the usual suspects year after okay. year. This and goes everywhere. I understand. Calls everyone in. I'm it's sheep time. I will ask you if I say um, G, what comes to mind from Rhinebeck? Goodness, I don't know. Oh, I oh I just said it. No. <laughs> and the number Perfect. Thank you so much. I am Karina Ferguson, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. How many years have you been knitting, Karina? Uh, about nine now, I think. Nine or ten. And what got you started in knitting? I moved to Florida, and my children went to school, and I was all alone. And I was, so I had to take something up, and so I learned to knit. And then eventually I decided to design, and it all kind of went from there. Perfect. How many times have you been to Rhinebeck? This is my second year at Rhinebeck. And what would be your top things to do not to miss um, My best most? advice is to wear really super comfortable shoes <laughs> and um, do some cardio training, especially if you live somewhere flat like me, because there's lots of hills. <laughs> but things that I would say not to miss is really just making sure that you make time to see all of the booths, because there's all kinds of wonderful things mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even expect to be here. So True. I totally agree. What kind... All right. What would be your desert island yarn? My desert island yarn would probably be... Actually, I'm knitting with it right now. It would be Anzula Cricket. And... Why? Like what, what weight also? It's a DK weight and it's an MCN, so it's super soft with a little bit of cashmere in it. And I feel like you can make just about anything with it and it comes in all the colors. So if they could just give me some of all the colors on the desert island, I'd be set forever. <laughs> Perfect. And um, then the question is a bit different. If you were to be a yarn, not necessarily what you like, but if you were a yarn, what kind of yarn would you be? I'm a little scratchy. I will probably be some kind of uh, Icelandic wool. <laughs> Love that. Okay, so think right back. I'm going to say a letter, and you tell me the first word that comes to mind. Z. Um, zoo, because of all the animals. Perfect. We love that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. sights and sounds, smells and tastes of my Exactly, and thanks again to Julie for being our correspondent. Um, we should outsource more often, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think it could work. <laughs> so yeah, thank you Julie, and now we will move on, as we always do this time of the podcast, to Ravelry Realness. So how are you feeling at the moment? Uh, a bit sniffly. A bit sniffly? Bit, got a bit of a cold. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Illustrative cough. You, you yeah. sound you sound pretty poorly. Yeah, yeah, a bit under the weather. What you need is uh, get better knits. That is what I need. All right. So this theme is because you know, gets the colder winter months. Well, mm -hmm. it is here. If you're yeah. basking in the sunshine, good for you. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy for us. We're getting the colder winter months where yeah. everything becomes a bit more sniffly. It's getting darker, and this time of year, I feel like everybody gets a cold just to, in sort of autumn. Yeah, I've had mine. Hopefully, that's me done for the year now. Yeah, everyone's taking it in turns to have a cold, basically. Get the sniffs. Yeah. All right. Well, what you need 
is Sniffle Mitts by Ellen Rogers. So these are your classic mittens, but then there's a little like flappy pocket where you can keep your tissues. On, on the back of the hand. On the back of the hand, yeah, nice. where you can keep your tissues. Um, or as she suggests, uh, tissues, handkerchiefs, or unused dog poo bags. I like that she's like, clarify this. Unused dog poo. Yeah, don't put your dog poop in your mitten. <laughs> that seems like a bad plan. No. Uh, we wouldn't recommend that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, sniffle mitts. Yes. I like the word sniffle. Well, you're going to love Mr. Sniffles, the cold virus. <laughs> but- so is this a sort of cuddly toy virus? Yeah, this yes. is by Wendy Smalley. It's free pattern, hey? Um, it's Mr. Sniffles. I'm going to give with her description because I think she sums it up. Cool. He's the cold you want to catch. <laughs> Mr. Sniffles is based on the microscopic view of the cold virus. At our house, we like to play catch a cold. Hot potato with a cold virus. <laughs> That's great. I heard you were ill. Here's a microscopic version of the bug you're suffering from. Oh, you always know just what to say. <laughs> Bring that and some grapes and your friend's going to feel a lot better. What if you're visiting your friend, though? You don't want to catch the sniffles. Well, no, you just want to give them a knitted virus. You want to get the whiffles but and you the don't... waffles and the <laughs> yeah. snottles that they've got. You need a cold breathing mask by Maria Rerod. This is also free. Uh, you don't want to be helping yourself to the free germs. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Um, you, so this is a little mask that goes over your nose and mouth. Like a surgical mask. Like a surgical mask. Don't, but better because it's knitted. Yeah, don't waste your time and energy going out to the shops. Just knit yourself your medical gear that you need. Exactly. So one thing that makes me feel better when I'm feeling ill is a nice hot water bottle. That is such a good call. Sometimes you can have two. Yeah. One I've, for your feet and one for I've the I've lived rest in many a cold house in London where <laughs> take two bottles to the bed. Yes. <laughs> Two hot water bottles, a standard of what you need. <laughs> and a hat. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's probably fair to say that um, Britain as a whole doesn't have the most up-to-date sort of temperature regulation in, in homes. But a nation who is built on hot water bottles, they shall stand together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with your rubber devices filled with boiling water. Mm-hmm. Not too boiling, you don't want to get too hot. Which is a good point. You need a hot water bottle cover. You do, because if you just take a, just a sort of rubbery hot water bottle without a cover to oh, play, A, no. it's unpleasant. Because, well, it smells weird also. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the hot rubber smell. But also, you just burn yourself on it and you're already feeling bad. Yeah, You've you made yourself that. a hot water bottle to cheer yourself up. Just don't, don't burn yourself on it, Sophie. Also, it's gonna, it will stay warmer for longer if you have a comedy-themed hot water bottle platypus cover. This that that by, sounds good. Yeah, this is by a designer called Brother. She says, a hot water bottle is an economical and environmentally friendly way to keep your toes or lap warm during cold winter nights. But who wants a rubbery old thing in his or her bed? No one! (laughs) Even if it is nice and warm. Cover it up with a cuddly platypus cosy. Because if it's anything weirder than a platypus, it's a platypus in your bed. (laughs) I think, actually, only at this point when I saw this pattern, I was like, hot water bottles do actually look a lot like platypus. You know, with the big rubber phalange neck thing. Yeah. You're halfway there already. Amazing. Check this out. <laughs> I also like the fact that someone commented on their project saying uh, the proportions and details are excellent. Good. So even for the zoologist, this will be a satisfactory project. Indeed. But I, uh, I was also thinking about, you know, people who are poorly, you want to visit them, make them feel better with your knitted gifts. Mm-hmm. And if they're people who don't knit, what greater gift than to teach them to knit so that when oh, they're ill yes. and sitting in bed feeling snuffly... They can knit themselves all the things. 
or just, you know, a hat so they don't get as ill uh, the following year. I think that's a lovely idea. Truly the greatest gift. Sophie and I list our top three of a given subject. And uh, last week, our given subject was pet peeves. We say last week. Last, last yeah. That's true, it wasn't last I week it at all. all. <laughs> last episode, we did pet peeves, um, which allowed us to uh, be silly about things that annoy us. <laughs> um, and you lovely listeners who are on our Ravelry forum, which, by the way, if you're listening and are not on the forum joining in the fun, then you should come on over. Um, but we heard from you guys about some pet peeves, some of which we enjoyed very, very much. Sophie has a few there. Um, Kilter Craft mentioned about mechanical pencil nibs. Well, they're just like a world of peeves, and as far as I'm concerned. If you press too hard, then they ping off. For some reason, that really tickled me. It made me laugh. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's quite annoying. What really annoys me about them is that it's never really clear how to load them, like uh, reload yeah. them, and even if, and it's almost like, even if you like know how to do it like you've looked it up or you've got instructions it seems always like a gamble like it's never a simple task and sometimes like if you put it back through the way it's meant to go it kind Mm. of feels like you're stroking a cat the wrong way (laughs) you know what I mean and I'm sure that if you're a cat one of your pet peeves is being stroked if your fur being stroked in the wrong direction they haven't got to the forum yet I think there's still opposable thumb issues but but we're working on it guys don't you worry and Megan, uh, the lovely co-founder and editor of Pom Pom, Miss Fernandez, she says, "Cereal uh, box is not closing properly. When cereal boxes tear and you can't, when you open them, you can't close them properly afterwards." That is very annoying. And actually, I think Kilter Craft mentioned that she now has a washi tape fix for that problem. There we go. But I think it would still annoy me. And someone else mentioned opening crisp packets the wrong way up. <laughs> Other people opening the wrong way up, uh, which I agree with because I am a crisp purist. I'm fine with all these things. So. I feel a bit better for like being so peeved about things. Yes, last week. Last week, <laughs> last we did episode. It. Also, I like uh, Jacqueline Monique. She said um, about people underlining, circling, highlighting, or generally drawing in library books. Kids want I can understand, but why in a textbook I have to read and reference? <laughs> See, because I used to quite like that when I was uh, still in a place where I used textbooks, i.e. university. I liked seeing what other people... I guess it's annoying when people have underlined things that you... It breaks your flow a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I kind of liked it when people had made notes or those. Like, it's like a little window into someone else's I miss world. having school textbooks. You know, you'd be issued with your textbook at the beginning of the year and just looking through and seeing if there's any good graffiti. Or like... Yeah. Comedy stylings. Gossip. Yeah. Some, you know, someone put a moustache on... Is there a biology book? There's some good moustaches on some of the... Anatomy pictures. I don't know. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, now that we're grown ups, we don't get to do fun stuff like that anymore. So, uh, just making podcasts. Hey. hey. All right. So, so um, moving on from pet peeves, I think it's probably time we did. We shouldn't focus too much on the peeves. Let's go back to things we love. Things we like. So we've decided this uh, episode that our top three is going to be top three toast toppings because this. <laughs> Episode is brought to you by the letter T. And toast, it would seem. And, and toast and toastiness. You've been toasty with your appropriately aquatic mammals. No, aquatic <laughs> mammal? They're a mammal, yeah. Yeah. Mammal themed hot water bottle. Yep. You've heard all about the toasty times at Rhinebeck. Mm hmm. Um, toasty 
Two. Yeah. Two. Toasty, Toasty two. Exactly. Don't forget that. Yeah. And now we're finishing Actual with, toast. We're finishing it with toast. Toasted bread. Um, Just in case anyone was sure. Wasn't sure what we were talking about. Um, so, top three toast toppings. Now, I found this one of the easier top threes we've done. Mm, okay. Why do you How think about that? You? I think because I, I love toast, but I do, um, unlike with crisps, I have a limited repertoire when it comes to toast snacks. So I didn't have to choose from like, you know, 20 different things that I love. And that just made it a bit easier, I guess. All right, so what you got at number three then? At number three, I have the classic. I mean, they're all classic. They're all going to be classics. Peanut butter. Oh. I like crunchy peanut butter. Okay. Let me just clarify. Do you like anything additionally with your peanut butter? Do you put butter underneath the peanut butter? I do put butter underneath my peanut butter. Uh, sometimes I like to have um, thin slices of apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yes. It's really nice. Do you um, like that? I also, peanut butter and jam, or jelly, as it's known in North America. It must be jelly, because jam don't shake. <laughs> um, so, you know, peanut butter, just with any of those things, or just alone, by itself, also fine. I don't really what, you like... you mean, just out of the jar? Just out of the jar. No, I mean, but I just, I don't like smooth peanut butter. There's something really... Very cloying. I think that's when you'd have to introduce a secondary element, such as an apple. For example, yeah, that's true. Actually, that was a good save for mm-hmm. yep. um, smooth peanut butter. Um, so that's number three. At number two, I have melted cheese. Oh, what yeah, we like yeah. to call cheese on toast. Cheese toast. This does not mean slices of cheese unmelted on toast. It can mean that, but if somebody says, if I say I would like some cheese on toast, please, and it's not melted, As you're often hell breaks loose. Saying to your minions. <laughs> My cheese on toast minions, yes. Um, and that's pretty much, I mean, a bit of Worcestershire sauce. Ooh, a bit of pickle, maybe? Do you go for pickle? Possibly there could be pickle. Right. There's the sort of veggie alternative to Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. <laughs> I think there's an extra syllable in there, you have to say, <laughs> to prove your... There's so many. To prove you're very British. <laughs> yes. Um, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire there's Henderson's relish. I was trying an American accent. Oh, uh, okay. I thought we were just doing just just not our Most own voices. Sh- shire. <laughs> um, I like yeah. Henderson's relish is very delicious and does a similar I sort tried of. It. It's, it tastes almost exactly the same right. as Worcestershire sauce, but it doesn't have any anchovies in it. So any of you who are trying to avoid animal products of any kind, this is a good alternative. And also. Probably avoid cheese if they're trying to avoid animal products as well. But, yeah, uh, okay, fine. I mean, yeah. yeah just got, I got you right, there with a loophole. <laughs> with your dairy loophole. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's not much more to say about that. It's just like a magical snack. I find it to be a particularly magical snack for hungover times. Yes, I could agree with that. Not mm. that I know what that is. Of course not, Sophie. Yeah, just a brandy at Christmas. Far too young to drink. Um, <laughs> um, but at number one, is the one and only there could only ever have been number one like one I'm interested. possibility. Yeah. Um Marmite. Nice. It's gotta be Marmite. Well, it does divide a lot of people. I know, and the people who don't like it are wrong. For you know, the classic the ad campaign of Marmite is you either love it or they hate it. They're they're on board with the fact that people just do not love Some this. Some people don't like it. I mean it's a very odd thing. It's very it's very British really to be I mean, not that people I, if you don't grow up with it, it's one of those foods that is uh, more of an acquired taste. It's just very salty. It's very salty. Salty. It's, it's, it's yeasty. Yes. So it has this very great, like, uh, it's umami, really, isn't it? Because it's, yeah. well, I don't know, is it? No, umami. It's, um, no, it's umami. 
a tsunami. Um, it's, but it's just weird. I like how weird it is because it's just like black, gloopy, like tar-like substance. Looks a little bit like treacle. Yeah. And it sort of was originally the byproduct of making beer, I mm, believe. Which is why it's so yeasty. Which is why it's so yeasty. And I like everything about it. I like the pot that it comes in with the yellow lid. And I mean, so my perfect Marmite toast. Mm-hmm. Uh, medium toasted bread. Yep. With lots of butter. And a medium amount of Marmite. It's very average overall, but it just like, it's so amazingly savory. And Marmite is magical. This isn't, I know this is about toast. But Marmite. Marmite, you can use it like stock. You can put it on pasta, cheese and pasta, cheese and Marmite pasta. It's a good snack. Quick and easy. If okay, so here's a disclaimer: if anyone is thinking I'm going to try some of this Marmite, I haven't tried it before, use it sparingly. It's not like chocolate spread. No, you just want a very thin layer, layer the, of it. The power of the magic is that you can, you know, the magical power of this is that you can just put a little bit. In. There is, of course, its um, sort of distant Australian cousin, Vegemite. Yeah, shout out to Vegemite as well. Vegemite is nice. It has a different texture to a Marmite, but it's also it's it's uh, it's good, but it doesn't make the number one spot. Not Fair on enough. Marmite. Fair anyway. Enough. Anyway, back on Sophie, to back onto the toast. Sophie, what did you choose? Well, you were saying you found this easy. I found this really hard because bloody love toast. Mm. Toast is the vehicle for everything in life. A hot buttered slice of toast. If you're not made happy by that, then your toast has obviously gone cold, and you need to like put it back in the <laughs> toaster, heat it up. I am such a toast pedantic, shall we say? If I burn toast, I just. The one wasteful thing I do. I'm very frugal within the rest of my realms of life, but if toast burns, I go, oh, no, throw it away. My mom eats burnt toast. She, like, particularly likes it. I cannot do that. I cannot, the the martyrness, martyrdomness in my life that features in other aspects. Not with toast. does not feature in toast because I love toast. I cannot keep myself happy if I eat substandard toast. Fair enough. Okay. That's that's my disclaimer. Absolutely. Tell me about your number three, Sophie. So I found it very hard because there's lots of things that I like to eat on toast. Mm. So I'd go for spaghetti hoops on toast, a bit of cheese. Oh man, it didn't even occur you to me missed, the tinned goods. I know, I, you missed I, up I missed the, whole... the tinned goods. Yeah. That's okay, actually. I don't. Anyway, I won't. It's not about me anymore. It's about <laughs> you, Sophie. So yeah, uh, within that, I suppose beans on toast is also a classic. You're going for spaghetti hoops over beans? Well, here's I the find thing. that interesting. When I was a very cool student, um, Still poor, but not a student now. <laughs> Penniless artist in London. <laughs> uh, if I wanted cheering up, had a bad day, get some spaghetti hoops, and just merely the novelty of this pasta good shaped in a circle was enough to lift my spirits. Do you sometimes mix it up with like fun shapes? In oh yes, because there were like Thomas the Tank Engine ones, like superhero ones. Well, alphabetical spaghetti, always a winner. Always a winner. Mm. Uh, there was a school trip to Italy. Everybody came back with. Uh, penis-shaped pasta, like little... I mean, if you had long strands of pasta, that's within sort of a, you know, could look like a willy, I guess. But this was like, you know, like... Like a cartoon. Like a cartoon uh, pasta penis. Good. So, yeah, they go for a cultural art trip, and all the teachers are just there like, oh, God, did everybody buy the pasta? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) On the coach, bags of pasta, the whole whole trip. That's a side note. Um... And you butter your toast to have it with this spaghetti yes. hoops. And I have Marmite as an extra flavour within that. Very good. Yes, right. I agree with that. Number two, probably go marmalade on toast. Marmalade. I do love marmalade, actually. I'm a bit sad that it wasn't in my top three now. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a little kick of vitamin C. It's almost like one of your death by the day. I like, I like the bitterness of marmalade a lot. Mm. Yep. 
There we go. That's all I've got to say. Nothing else to say there. All right. Uh, I'm going to have like a one and a half and a one. All right. Cool. So one just... and a half is peanut butter and jam. Yes. We've covered a lot of those. Crunchy peanut butter, raspberry jam. Yes. Yes. Good raspberry Number jam. Number one, poached eggs on toast. As I said, toast is a vehicle for all things within life. Wow. I didn't. I did not think outside the box. I was just going purely for the spreads. Yeah. Yeah. Poached an egg. Best. Well poached egg. Key to happiness. A lot. A tiny lot to make me happy. Good piece of toast and a poached egg. That's achievable. That's good. Well, I'd like to raise a toast to the end of this episode. I think we've done very well. To the Pomcast! Hooray! To the Pomcast listeners! Hooray! Hooray! And to, to... Wool? To wool. To wood. To wool. To wool. And the letter T. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can rate it. You can subscribe. Uh, you can review it. We'd really like it if you did that, because then iTunes is like, hey, well done, guys, as well. Yes, this is good. And you can uh, send us your ideas and suggestions, your feedback, podcast at pompommag.com, or hang out on the RAV group. Well, there, we're saying, like, hey, chat, chat, chat as well. Type, type, exactly. Type. And we always enjoy your suggestions for top threes and anything else you want to add for, like, Ravelry realness. Or if you think there's cool people we're missing out that we need to talk to. For example, yep, yeah. yep, anyone uh, you'd like to hear us interview. Um, so it sort of remains to say thanks again to Julie, our Rhinebeck special correspondent. Thanks to everyone she spoke to. Thanks to all of them, of course. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Toast for existing. It's <laughs> a big difference in my life. We love Toast, it's true. All right. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Podcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, with lots of help from Eli Block, who created the original music for this show. You can find more Eli-related music at goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks to Megan, co-founder and editor of Pom Pom, who is always awesome. And thanks again to Julie Asseline for being our Rhinebeck correspondent, and to all the lovely knitting folks she interviewed for taking part. Big thanks to Millimere for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to check out their beautiful yarns at www.millimere.com. Last but not least, thanks to all you Pom Pom buyers, subscribers and listeners. We couldn't do it without you. If you want to get in touch, email podcast at pompommike.com. 